Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. So welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 137 and I am joined today by Shauna Dirksen. Did I get your name right? Yeah, absolutely. So how are you doing today? (laughs) Good. How are you? I'm super excited to be here. I I'm doing good like I found it's been very uh very hot lately but then I've thought about the years past when there's been a whole bunch of smoke in the air that's usually how I frame things into being paused I'm like well at least at least there's no smoke in the air like we might be able to cook eggs on the sidewalk but aside from that life isn't (laughs) all that bad um yeah no that's a a good uh, a good point and it's been humid too so you know definitely it's a a good trade-off for for the smoke, even if it does make my hair super, super frizzy and hard to keep straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like hair struggles, I know all about that. <laughs> so I want to make sure that my audience knows who you are and what you're all about. And so if you were to be at a party and you had to introduce yourself to people at a party from all different backgrounds and all different like income brackets, how would you introduce yourself to them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well, I would um, say that I have a online business called Practically Minimal. And basically what I do is I help people declutter and uncommit so that they can make room in their lives for, you know, all of the things that uh, that make them happy. I love it. So then we're going to hop into the handy dandy time machine that takes us back about 10 years. And where does that put you in your life? Oh my goodness, 10 years. Um, okay, well, I'm 38, so I would have been in my late uh, late 20s, 28. And I think where I was, I think I was still in the staffing and recruitment industry. So I worked in that field um, on and off uh, throughout my 20s. And um, yeah, I think I was kind of on my last kind of stint with that. So, you know, I was kind of living a a really fast paced kind of a lifestyle. It's, you know, a really, um, it's a fun industry, but it's, it's really competitive and there is a lot of pressure with it. So, you know, I was just sort of like fully in that zone, um, like meeting sales targets, uh, trying to kind of bring on clients and just focus like completely on that. So that was, you know, all I did was work really. And then, um, and then, you know, kind of go out after work and, you know, have drinks and, and meet people that way. So, um, it was really a different lifestyle than what I live now. Um, that's when I was, you know, full into my, uh, my shopping habit that I talk about quite a bit. I wasn't always, um, you know, living kind of a more minimal clutter-free lifestyle. I started on kind of that extreme opposite end of it. And I think I was really in my, you know, shopaholic kind of heyday, <laughs> right, right at that point. So, um, you know, hadn't really thought about turning anything around yet. So 
yeah, it was uh, definitely a different time of, of life for me. So in working in that industry, what is the, the moment that kind of got you started? Was it what you went to school for or was it uh, something that you had a passion for? Yeah, not at all what I went to school for. Um, I went to school, um, I did a, a couple of um, different tries in, in post-secondary. I started off at Nate and I did um, an office and records administration program just because I didn't know what I wanted to do or, you know, I thought it would be a great foundation, which it was. Uh, then I went on to, actually my first full-time job was in staffing and recruitment as a receptionist in an agency. So. I did that for a year and I made some friends and some connections while I was working there for that year. Then I ended up going back to school. Again, I went to Grant McEwen and I took their public relations and communications program. So that's where what I have a diploma in now. Um, yeah, so then I, I did about a year or two working as a marketing assistant within the arts. Uh, I worked for the Art and Theatre and the International Children's Festival in St. Albert. So I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, but, you know, it was kind of time was up with it. I felt I'd gone as far as I could go in that position and there wasn't a spot for me to move up then. So I left and that's when I ended up back in recruitment. So I had still, like I said, had made some connections and some friends when I, you know, worked uh, as a receptionist there, you know, for my first job. And they offered me an opportunity as a recruitment assistant uh, just while I was trying to find something else in communications. So that was when, you know, things were really booming um, in Alberta and there were, you know, tons and tons of jobs and just not a heck of a lot of, of people to fill them. So they needed some extra help on the recruitment side. So I actually moved into a, a recruitment role fairly quickly um, within months just because of, you know, the demand was so high. Um, so I kind of dived in from there and, and I gave it, uh, gave it my all and that's how I, I got into it. I love it. And it's kind of funny. I took a couple courses in the public relations program in McEwen. So like I can, mm -hmm. I can relate a little bit there. It's, it's cool how, uh, courses like that are so helpful in this time with everything going on in the world. I found that, uh, learning, well, I mean, just learning how to communicate different things and learning how to understand different information and uh, really present present opinions and present facts in in ways that are easiest to understand sort of thing. It's just crazy how um, as much as we might not know what direction that we're going to go in the process and like we, we might feel like we've uh, tried a bunch of things and we didn't get it perfect every little bit of education that we get along the way pays off for for the end outcome kind of thing like there's there's no such thing as like uh, a road traveled that was unworthy of of going down that road sort of thing um, yeah I 100% agree with that and communication I mean it's the foundation of really everything so definitely lots of uh, opportunity to apply things from that program well, that's a really good segue for the next thing that I want to talk about because um, with everything that you shared about your, your career journey so far in this episode, a lot of what stood out to me is like communicating with the people that you've met, like whether it be um, at like different business mixers or like the after work events and, and stuff like that. 
Um, what are like three fundamentals of communicating with just people in general that uh, you've learned or that you've referred to or that just kind of stand out with your life so far? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say um, to communicate clearly, um, like you had mentioned, is, is really important to make things really simple. Um, you know, just kind of break it down to the most basic idea of what you want to get across and just start there um, and just say exactly what you mean and mean what you say. I guess that could be my second, uh, my second point. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Um, and I think the third one is something that I have definitely learned in recruitment, probably the first place I really needed to apply it, but has served me really well um, in a lot of areas of life is to learn how to have uncomfortable conversations and to, you know, try not to shy away from those kinds of conversations. So if you have to, you know, deliver bad news, try not to put it off, um, you know, just get right to the point and, uh, you know, then what can we do from here? You know, here's what's happening. How can we deal with it? Well, I mean, that's important. And something that I've reflected on as of late is like basically every, every nugget of wisdom that people have to share or every rule at a facility, everything that's, that's in place is a result of something having happened. Like most of the time when you see somebody um, drop a, a piece of wisdom and it's like, wow, that was really insightful. I would have never thought of that. Chances are they had to live through that. Like they really had to uh, experience some growing pains in gaining some clarity. And then now they know for next time, but it wasn't without the, the cost of having going gone through it the first time. So with having uncomfortable conversations, can you reflect on an uncomfortable conversation that you've had like in, in your career journey that uh, has sort of shaped the direction that you've taken? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's been tons of them, right? Um, I mean, like, I mean, if you go back to recruitment, it's, you know, of telling somebody that they weren't the successful candidate, you know, for a job. I mean, that's never a fun conversation to have. Um, also, if, you know, you have someone is being let go and you, you know, you have to have that conversation as well. Um, and then the same thing, like within your personal life, um, you know, if there's something that's really, you know, kind of bothering you, um, you know, you're kind of eating at the back of your mind just to, you know, kind of move forward and have that, uh, have that conversation with that person in a nice way. Even my clutter clearing kind of journey. I mean, I've had to have conversations with my husband a little bit. <laughs> he wasn't really on board at first with the decluttering. Um, you know, everybody has sort of a different uh, relationship with stuff and it is a personal thing. So, you know, I, I was getting really frustrated and, and, you know, honestly yelling, <laughs> you know, like, why do we need this? Like, let's get rid of this. Why didn't you put this away? That kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I just really needed to step back and I realized I just had to have a conversation about, you know, why this is important to me and, and why I'm, I'm doing this, um, you know, to make my life better and then kind of lead by example from there. And now things are a lot better with it. Definitely. I like that. Um, I'm thinking about your time in your life when you were a recruiter into the point where you are now where you are a business owner of uh, practically minimal and what was the process that took place to get you from that point a to point b oh wow um 
You know, it um, it wasn't definitely wasn't a like a straight process. Um, I used to say yes to every opportunity um, without really reflecting if it was you know going to be actually right for me and my personality and align with you know kind of who I am and where I wanted to go. Actually, at that time, I hadn't even put a lot of thought at all into who I was or where I wanted to go. So I was just sort of like reacting to things. So I mean, like the recruitment industry, as much as you know, it I learned a lot and I grew a lot within it. It really wasn't for me. Um, it is, like I said, it's a really competitive competitive industry. Um, there's a lot of pressure as far as you know meeting sales targets, and I'm somebody who can be really hard on myself. So I felt that pressure, you know, maybe more than, you know, the, what my colleagues did, or maybe not, I'm not really sure. Um, so from there, I finally kind of made the decision that, you know, it, it, after working recruitment, leaving recruitment, and then going back to recruitment, and then leaving recruitment again, I finally, um, you know, kind of made that choice that, uh, that, I, okay, I'm done with this. Um, and I only went back again because somebody asked me to, right? So it wasn't that I wanted to, I, you know, I just kind of said, yes, sure. Why not give this another try? So, um, from there, uh, I left and then I had a colleague who I worked with, uh, in recruitment who had a really great idea, um, to start a business, which was a matchmaking and date coaching business. So basically the idea is to sort of like take a recruitment kind of a model, but apply it to matching people with other people versus, um, you know, people with uh, employers. So again, I said yes to that without really thinking if, you know, this is something that I, you know, really want to do and really believe in. Um, so I said yes, and, and we did that for two years, which was a whole other journey. I mean, entrepreneurship is, is always a journey, but, um, you know, we met a lot of amazing people. Um, you know, we did make a difference in people's lives as well, which, you know, is really rewarding. Um, but it's a very emotional kind of a business as I'm sure you can imagine. So, um, I'm the kind of a, a person who, you know, will take that on. So for my clients, so I started to really, you know, kind of get drained and kind of I ended up feeling the same way I did when I left recruitment. So I just was repeating another pattern. So we fulfilled our um, our contracts and, and then we decided to uh, to move on from that business. And um, I then I, finally I'm like, you know what, my first love has always been writing, which is really kind of what I had in mind when I took the public relations program all those years ago. And, um, you know, I had been doing freelance writing like along the way as well. So, you know, I did have, um, you know, a little bit of a, a background in that already, just kind of doing it on the side. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to make this my full-time job. I'm getting into freelancing and writing. And so I've been doing that for the last probably five, five, six years or so, um, working with, freelance clients as well as um, working within offices on contract as a copywriter. So um, then about uh, just about two years ago now, my husband was offered a uh, job opportunity in Edson. So he works in the oil 
uh, oil and gas industry. So he um, had kind of an opportunity for a promotion to work in their field office in Edson. So we're from Edmonton, of course. So this meant that we would have to move. So we actually did end up moving, um, which meant that for me, the on-site in-office stuff that I was doing as a copywriter, the contracts, I would have to, you know, um, kind of put those aside and just kind of focus on the freelance stuff. So, uh, so we made the move, um, and I started doing like just focusing on freelance writing, and it was really good. But I, all of this was kind of going through and and looking at my own personal um, like shopping habits and and things like that and reducing clutter. And I was learning about minimalism and and everything. So this move was an opportunity to really, um, you know, hone in on that even more. So I ended up starting a blog. So I finally had kind of the time and space to do that. And I started the blog, which is practically minimal. So I was doing the freelance writing and, you know, writing the blog. So I did, did that for about a year together. And then just last spring, I thought, you know what, why can't I take this passion of mine, you know, this um, organization and, and clearing clutter, and why can't I do that full time? Um, you know, I love, you know, I do get fulfillment from, you know, writing for clients and, you know, solving a problem for them and, you know, um, making their lives easier and having them get excited about their pro projects. But I wanted a project of, of my own. So this, that's really what's, you know, kind of led me to what I'm doing now, um, working with clients and helping them, you know, declutter their lives. So finally, I'm just kind of like saying yes to myself and what I want to do and, you know, turning down things that aren't in alignment with that. That's awesome. I mean, like, you took me along for the full journey, which uh, gives me nothing but uh, follow-up questions, which is good, which is ideal. Um, <laughs> awesome. So I, I talked way too much. <laughs> no, you're perfect. When it comes to the, uh, the matchmaking business that you were a part of, like, what, aside from, like, kind of feeling like the, the emotional uh, burden of having to deal with people basically around emotions. Like, was there other things that you were learning about yourself that made you think that it was time to move on? Or was there something that you took away from, from that business opportunity that shapes your decisions that you make day to day today? You know what? I love that question. And I did, I totally kind of skipped over that. Um, you know, I loved the business side of it. I loved, um, and like the communications side, you know, I loved, you know, um, promoting what we did and, and we had a blog as well. So I loved like, you know, writing for that blog. Um, I loved, um, you know, getting out there and networking and, um, you know, kind of getting the, the business out there, pitching to media. We did a, you know a few media appearances appearances and things like that, which you know was really exciting. Um, and I loved making a difference in people's lives as well. I know that sounds. I, and I was in recruitment. I know how corny and cliche <laughs> you know that sounds, but it's it's true. You know it it, um, it really is rewarding, and I'm sure you know that as a personal trainer as well, right? Like you know when you actually help a client reach a goal or you know make them happy or you know, have them realize something about themselves, you know, how rewarding is that? 
So I took all of that away um, from that business. It's just that that particular business just wasn't, it wasn't right for me. I wasn't passionate about it, you know? Yep. So ultimately that's the only reason why, you know, we, uh, we shut it down. And I, that's the reason why it was kind of like wearing so heavily on me and my business partner as well. You know, he was feeling that also. Um, so yeah, so that was an awesome question. Thank you. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to come across that moment in, in their career journey, regardless of industry. Um, there's a book that I read this past year, which kind of helps me formulate the whole process. I think it's called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. And oh, I've read that too. Yeah, it's, it's really good because it kind of helps you sort of understand that like, yeah, somebody else might be taking on all these different responsibilities and they might have the capacity to fulfill them at 100%, but you might take on all the exact same responsibilities and based on like your, your values or your work capacity, you might not be able to fulfill those all at like 90 or 100%. You might be doing a whole bunch of things at 40%. And it's really hard to move forward or advance or reach your goals when everything that you're doing is 40%. And so a question that I ask a lot of my guests is core values. So can you talk about your core values, things that you've learned about yourself and perhaps in relation to like non-negotiables in your life? So like these things are so important to you. Um, these values of yours are so important that they must be present in basically everything that you do. Yes. Um, I've been thinking a lot about core values lately, actually. So this is really a timely question for me. Um, I don't have them all nailed down yet. I'm still kind of reflecting on it. But one I know for sure, and probably my strongest core value is freedom. So everything I do needs to have an element of freedom. So within my work, um, part of the reason that I want to, you know, work online, I'll have an online business, um, you know, kind of set my own hours and kind of choose the types of services that I'm going to offer is because I want some flexibility as far as like how I do my work and where I do my work. I am between um, Edson and Edmonton quite a bit. So you know, that kind of flexibility is and freedom is really important. Also, freedom um, is a core value because it really kind of is what drives me to live a life with less. So um, the more the less stuff I have, the, and that means like stuff in my calendar as well as physical stuff, the more time and energy and even money I'm going to have to do the things that actually make me happy. So do it. What, what is it when you get to do all the things that make you happy? That's freedom ultimately. So that's, you know, my biggest core value. Um, the other one that's really important to me that I've identified is communication. <laughs> is that a surprise? Um, so, yeah. So, and I'm, you know, working on this as well. And I do catch myself you know, not having conversations sometimes that I should have and, you know, maybe not communicating as clearly as I need to in a situation. So I am, you know, it's a work in progress, but, um, you know, that's authentic communication. Um, I am working really hard to deliver that to people. So, you know, that is something that I value in return as well. So anybody that I, I work with or, or partner with, um, you know, communication is a, a really big uh, 
big element to, as far as making those decisions. I love it. Um, so you got me thinking when it came to freedom, when it came to communication, all these things for anybody in the fitness industry that's listening to this podcast, all these things are relevant. Um, anybody in any industry, these things are relevant. And I think with these things comes a lot of uh, self-work that we have to do. And with that being said, I have the next question for you. So like you're creating freedom in your life. Um, you're creating an online business. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Oh, all the time, every day. <laughs> yeah, so in everything I've done. How do you navigate that? Um, the, you know what, probably the, the way that I navigate it is that I know that almost everybody experiences that, you know, um, one of the things I've learned is especially with this, this business now practically minimal, um, is that you need to start things before you're ready. So you're never really going to feel like you're 100% ready or that you 100% have all the answers and nobody does. Um, so that's really how I, you know, kind of get through that, that imposter syndrome where you're just feeling like, you know, you're, you're not good enough. You're not, you know, maybe as experienced as the next person. Why, you know, why would somebody come to you for this? You know, those types of negative thoughts. Um, yeah, like just, you know, nobody is you know it's and why not you that's the other thing i think like you know what there's a lot of other people doing this they're no different than me why can't i do this too there's really no reason yeah well i mean it's so true and i think everybody can admit that at least at some point in their life that they've experienced imposter syndrome but at the end of the day like we're all going and we are providing value into the world and the only person that can articulate how much value that is is us like everything that I do in a day, I could do it for free. Or I could show people the value in the things that I do and the ways that I show up in the world. And people would be able to understand like there there's an exchange in in, in that service. Um, when it comes to the experience of like the work from home, the quarantine, the COVID-19, like what were your expectations for 2020 in comparison to the reality that we've all faced? Like how, how did it compare? What did you think 2020 was going to go like and how has it gone like? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it definitely hasn't gone how, I mean, anybody thought it would. Um, I mean, for me, I worked from home anyway and I have for a long time. So, you know, that luckily for me, that hasn't been, you know, a major adjustment that I've had to make. Um, however, you know, I was just uh, kind of launching some services with my new business. So kind of turning it from a blog to a business right when, uh, right in March, like right when, you know, things kind of really started to happen. So part of my plan um, was, you know, kind of in-person networking and events and, and things like that to, to grow the business, which is how I we grew our last business. So um, I had to really kind of, you know, switch gears a little bit and, and just kind of take that online. So I ended up, you know, kind of joining some online networking groups. And I mean, luckily, you know, other people were in the same boat, taking their services online and taking their networking opportunities online. So, you know, there was a lot of opportunity there to take advantage of. So, you know, I just kind of looked for it and, and took advantage of, of what I could. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, 
and then just you know kind of being uh like i i was saying like i kind of go between edson and, and edmonton so the other side of that is that I ended up spending a lot more time, obviously, in in Edson, so which I hadn't before, um, and I kind of made me grow to love it here more than uh, than I thought. Right? I didn't think I was like a small town kind of a a person at all, and I thought that would be you know kind of a you know a really challenging thing for me, and it was. But I think it's because I was not really giving it a chance. I was you know kind of on the go going back and forth so much that kind of being here um, in this environment I've really got to kind of learn a lot of things that I like about it so like I you know kind of head out the door go for a run there's a running path like you know right by my house so I can just kind of go out the door then it's like kind of a nature type um, running experience which is really nice and you know if I want to go and get something done or get groceries it's like five minutes away um that kind of thing i'm not waiting in line and then we haven't had um that many cases of covid out here either so um you almost you know kind of there's a little bit more distance and, and separation um where we are we have more space so you know that's made things a little bit uh a little bit easier too in a sense um but yeah i've just been kind of rolling along and you know making adjustments where i've needed to and trying to really kind of find the best in in the situation and just focusing on you know okay like this isn't what I wanted it to be how can I make this you know maybe even better or you know how can I make the best of this and just really you know trying to, to some days it's easier than others but just really trying to you know keep a positive uh, mindset around it. Well, I mean, it's so true, and it's really interesting uh, talking to people about their COVID-19 experience because, like, there's a lot of businesses that have grown in this time, and just, like, there's a lot of instances where, like, we discussed core values, and we discussed, like, you getting in tune with your core values, and the environment in which you do all the things in your life makes a big difference, too, and sometimes it's not so much that we need to, like... There's a lot of people that are like, oh, if only I lived somewhere different, everything in my life would be better. But sometimes it's just a matter of how you perceive your surroundings. Like, are you framing everything that you see in a negative light? Or are you assessing what is good in what you are surrounded by? And then um, with with your business, like, I think it's extremely valuable. It's kind of funny. I uh, I'm sure that you've heard of Marie Kondo. I can't remember if, if it's Marie or Mary, but like, have you heard of her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Marie Kondo. So I can't remember exactly what got me on to like reading the book, but ever since, like, I have gifted that book to a few of my like longtime clients because it's just, it coincides so much with their fitness because I kind of take a bit of a holistic approach with personal training in that like sure I can show you how to exercise in the gym but is that going to change your life or is like the lifestyle habits going to change your life and um with that being said like what was like the aside from perhaps necessity what was the the TSN turning point in you starting to have a more minimalist lifestyle yeah, that's a good uh, question. Um, so like I was kind of saying, like I kind of came from the extreme end of it with, you know, a really good shopping habit. 
Um, so I, you know what, I'll, I'll kind of go back a little bit. Fitness actually does sort of play a, a little bit of a role in this for me. Um, so when I was like kind of back in those days in, in the recruitment um, field and I was kind of like living the really kind of like faster paced life and going out a lot, um, that started to catch up on catch up with me as those kind of lifestyles do like you're out, I was out for drinks you know several times a week um, you know maybe not feeling great the next day making bad choices or, or not great choices as far as um, you know food went uh, not getting out taking care of myself you know moving at all um, and then you know that starts to show so you know you use you, your complexion's not very good you know you start to gain weight that kind of thing so for me, shopping um, was sort of a way to build up my confidence. So I was like, okay, you know what? Like I, maybe I look like I've been up for three days and, you know, maybe I'm 15 pounds heavier than I want to be, but hey, look at this. I have, you know, a really new and a nice new outfit and expensive outfit on, you know, now I'm, now I'm good enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, once I left that, uh, <laughs> that, that industry, um, and it wasn't something that happened overnight, but I did start to, you know, kind of finally take a look at my lifestyle and make some small changes. So, you know, I started with the running room and I, you know, um, learned to run a 5k and kind of, you know, here and there, not really very consistently. Um, and then my, uh, actually my sister who I would go out with quite a bit, she got pregnant. So that was another catalyst, um, as far as, you know, the party stopped, <laughs> you know, which I was kind of annoyed about at the time, but, um, I thought, okay, you know what, I'm going to like really hone in on this and I'm going to get, you know, get my life on, on track and start feeling good about myself. So I started, um, my cousin is, uh, um, well, you know, my cousin, her name is Robin Kerrigan. Yep. And she is a, well, she's a physiotherapist now, but at the time uh, she was a personal trainer. So I started training with her um, once a week. So at Vox, but, and then at Evolve after that. So, you know, I slowly started kind of getting into, into the fitness, um, you know, uh, world. And then I started doing a lot of group fitness classes and that kind of thing. So the result of that is that I started to kind of build up an inner confidence and it wasn't a conscious decision to stop buying things, but I did notice that I wasn't rushing out to, you know, feeling like I had to buy a brand new outfit for every little thing to feel good about myself. So, um, so that kind of started to give me a foundation where I could, you know, kind of make some changes as far as like the stuff went. So um, by this point, I had still, I was still shopping um, and I had filled up two walk-in closets um are my own and then we had one in a spare room so it was completely full of clothes stuff with tags on it still and then i had like some totes and stuff that i would switch out like for summer and winter which i mean it's it was gross so um and like the amount of stuff and clothes was affecting my life every day like i'd be late for everything because of course like you know i'm rummaging through my closet looking for like the one black shirt that I actually liked to wear, but I have still have 25 in there that I've got to, you know, go through throwing stuff on the floor, you know, um, making a huge mess and being late and feeling stressed and anxious and all the, you know, that negative energy that kind of came with it. Finally, I just had enough. And I was like, like, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? So I spent an entire weekend on my closet and I pulled stuff out and I was clearing it away. And um, I didn't, 
pull as many things as I would now because um, <laughs> I didn't really have any tools for it. I was just kind of like, it was just like the obvious stuff that I thought could just go. So, um, so I did that and it felt so great um, that I moved on and I, I did the rest of my house, right? So I started taking, you know, like clutter from the kitchen and any like Nick, I removed a lot of like the knickknacks and, and decor kind of stuff that we had in our living room and just went through everything like bathroom products, that kind of thing. Um, and then I, that's sort of when I started hearing a little bit of the word minimalism, like I didn't really know what it was, um, but it was kind of, you know, popping up here and there, getting to be like a bit more popular as a movement in general. So I, um, at the time I was on a, a contract at a writing contract at the U of A and I saw um, like a little poster that the minimalists were going to be um, coming to the Meyer Horowitz theater. So I had never, I know that they have a Netflix special, but I had never even heard of them before. I hadn't watched the documentary on Netflix. So I thought, Hey, you know what? Like this looks pretty good. Like I'm just gonna, I just want to whim. I just grabbed the tickets for it. And you know, then I, um, my husband, who he worked, uh, he like I said, works in oil and gas, but he was home that uh, that week. So I said, "Hey, Jazz, like, do you want to come to this uh, show with me at the Meyer Horowitz?" And like, we he likes theater and and everything, and we so we you know we go to theater now and then. So um, he didn't ask too many questions about what it was that we were going to see, and he jumped in and went with me. And then he was kind of like, "What the heck did you drag me into?" <laughs> so <laughs> so you know, he's a great great guy he just kind of rolls with things which I really appreciate about him but um yeah so we so I we watched um you know the minimalists on stage and they made some really great points and you know we had a really good conversation on the way home and um yeah it just sort of got me you know kind of thinking about how what changes can I make what can I let go of um and I've gone through all the different areas in my home several times um you know, because you, like you let things go, but then you need to sort of like prove to yourself that you can actually live without them and you don't need them. So then the next round, you you know, you let go of more and more. Um, so it's kind of led me to uh, to this like life changing kind of a, a passion that I that I have now and, and like to share with other people. Well, I think it's so cool because like you shared a lot of things that I completely relate to, like a lot of things that I've lived through in my changing of careers so i'll share a little bit with the the audience so that they can kind of understand how valuable what you do is um i know that when i first started to to travel more um it's weird because we tell ourselves that we have these restrictions like whether it's that we don't have enough money or we don't have enough time but truly the the limiting factor is ourself so at that point in my mm -hmm. life um, I, I made a good enough income that I could travel, but for some reason I was telling myself that I couldn't, that I didn't have the, the money to do so. And whether that be because of like lifestyle spending choices or just because my expectations of how much money was enough, I was still limiting myself. But nonetheless, I had some good friends, um, convince me to go on trips. So in a, like a two year span, I think I went to like Las Vegas twice and Hawaii twice and Costa Rica once and Montana twice. Like I was just, I was basically traveling as much as, um, as much as I could with the vacation time that I had in my old career. But when I came back, 
looking at my bank account, I was like, I need to recoup some of the money I just spent. And so I like look through my place and I'm like, okay, what can I sell? And because I used to work retail, like I worked at Sport Check for about two years as a department ma- manager. And so I had this crazy good discount and I bought a lot of stuff, like tons of clothes, mm-hmm. tons of shoes, tons of just random equipment. And some of it has been helpful now because most of my workout equipment is from my days of working at Sport Check. But I realized how much stuff I had that I didn't need. Like I, I realized I had more clothes than I could possibly wear. I had clothes that uh, actually made me feel self-conscious no matter what shape I was in. Like I definitely bought a lot of clothes as I gained weight because just like you shared with um, the different lifestyle, like you go out to drink after work. Like for me, the lifestyle was like you put in your time at your uh, eight to, to five job or whatever. And then whatever is outside of that box doesn't really matter. Like whether you're going out for beers with your friends or going out to the bar on weekends, it just, it doesn't count. Cause it's not in, it was just like, I wasn't, I wasn't fully immersed in the work. It was just the work afforded me to do the things that made up for what I did for work sort of thing. Cause I wasn't passionate about it. And mm-hmm. So I I just accumulated so much excess, but as I was recouping some of the the money spent on holiday, I realized, oh, like, I didn't actually need all this hockey equipment, and then I didn't actually need this electronic piano, and I didn't actually need, uh, I had like an old Mac that I sold, and it was just thing after thing, and I started to realize, like, I can even repurpose some of my old stuff and like sell it sometimes at a at a gain like um i remember this one time i was at the sport check downtown and that's where i was working for a little bit while i went to grant McCune. and somebody had this old mac uh mac pro or something but it was like one of the old school ones where it's like the standalone monitor and you put the the cd in the side but it's still a bit uh, of a, a thicker system but yeah. I, I cleared up all the dust because clearly this, in, in the Marie Kondo terms, this was something that was not bringing that person joy anymore. So they they had let it sit to the side and it accumulated dust and um, the, the system was cluttered with stuff. And so they just needed to clear their space. And I could understand that that thing um, had value, but I already owned a few computers. And so it wasn't going to bring me joy, but perhaps I could repurpose Mm -hmm. it and um, kind of elevate myself through some of my other skills. So I went and I cleaned up all of the the external of it and then I gave it a, I cleared the hard drive. So it was basically as new as it could be. And I had bought it for 20 bucks and I think I sold it for 200 bucks. And that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go, doesn't go that well. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just a matter of like the self-awareness of knowing what our skills are, regardless of whether that's our job title at the time to like be able to get introspective and, and think like, what am I really good at? Like, what, what are, what are my passions? It doesn't matter if it's my job title right now. It's just like to, to focus on your strengths and so that mm-hmm. was kind of like a, a pivotal moment for me in, in the sense that like 
Yeah, just because like I'm decluttering doesn't mean I'm just throwing all of this worth out the window. Like sometimes it's a it's a good thing. Like sometimes it's uh, um, valuing myself a bit more in the sense that I am able to then take that investment and put it into things that better me in where I am currently. And so like the number of things that I sold and then as I got more active and fit, like when I started to realize, okay, I... I definitely benefit from a fit and healthy lifestyle. Well, obviously my, my physique changed and there's a lot of my clothes that were too big, but for some reason I was so attached to those old clothes. Like it was like this story that I had to hold on to and I never realized how empowering it was to get rid of that stuff. Like even, even like old relationships, I used to hold on to things from old relationships. And then I was like, like, they could be a wonderful human being, but I don't need to like hold on to everything that's that's attached to that because I am my own entity. And like this is um, a great uh, metaphor that I learned from from the Marie Kondo book was like the the real estate that the objects in your home take up. Like, let's say I have a laundry room closet and I've never looked inside that laundry room closet, but within that closet is like a shelf full of things that I've never used. Like, even though I don't see it, like it's taking up square footage in like mm-hmm. my, my energy. And like that, that sounds super like hippie like, but it, it's a reality in the sense that it is. if you clear out that you feel better, like you feel better with your environment. It's kind of like uh, your experience in really embracing Edson. It's you can embrace the mm-hmm. home that you're already in. I think a lot of people get, um, really burnt out or really defeated because they're looking to make this huge change and this can correlate to fitness but in terms of like the space that you're in people are like well if only i had a bigger house and then they're unwilling to make the the tiny changes that could perhaps give them a better feeling about the home that they're currently in like tiny changes like uh yeah just clearing out your closet to the point that maybe you have five different things that you wear and that's it like yeah and five things that you love to wear exactly right you know knowing that every time you open up a a cupboard or you know open up your closet that you know it's it's basically just a showcase of things that bring you joy and that that you love and that you actually use i mean that's where the life-changing stuff really comes in and then a lot of people get really focused on like oh well i've already cleared out my clothes and I've got no more clothes that I can clear out. So like I've had it with this, but like, I'd like to add in some extra stuff. Like when I first got my, my cutlery set for my condo that I've owned for almost seven years now, um, I got, it was like a 200 piece cutlery set and I'm like one guy. And so like (laughs) when I went in to grab a fork, I could grab one of like 40 different forks. Yeah, And then you take that fork and me being a bro, I'm going to grab that fork and eat my food and set the dish down somewhere. I'm like, oh, I need another fork. And I go and I grab another fork. Like, mm-hmm. unless, unless I was like a high level dishwasher, which I am not, like, I'm just <laughs> going to have a f- bunch of forks lying around my place. And it was, yeah. it was actually like two months ago. I finally was like, what am I doing? I've never had more than four people in this place. Maybe like once, like when I moved in, I had my immediate family in here 
and I had to use all the cutlery. But aside from that, like not all of it, but like I had to use a, a significant amount of it. Aside from that, I've never, never needed to use like more than three forks. And so I just looked at the cutlery drawer and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna leave it to four of each thing. Like if I have four people, that's that's max capacity for this this place. And just like the tranquility that it gave me to clear out the cutlery drawer. Yes, yeah. I was just like, yeah. wow, because then it elicits a cleaner home. Like if you only have so mm -hmm. many things to get messy, then you're not going to be nearly as messy because you're going to run out of cutlery. You're going to have to clean it no matter what. Like unless you like yeah. eating with your hands, you're cleaning your cutlery. And yeah, <laughs> just like these incremental things where that made such a big difference because then we can look at that and correlate it with a person's meal prep struggles. They're like, oh, well, I just, I can't do mm -hmm. meal prep because it takes so long to do the dishes. And it's like, well, how many dishes do you realistically use? Just like break it down to like one pot and then maybe like your rice cooker or like your, your crock pot. But like, sometimes you don't need like yeah. the full set of, of pots. Like sometimes if you need like a double boiler, you can just like send somebody that uses their double boiler all the time a text and be like, Hey, can I borrow you your double boiler one time for the one time I use it this decade? Like it's yeah, exactly. Perspective is yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. If it's something you can borrow, then you don't necessarily have to have to buy it. Right. Absolutely. And so I'm hoping that people are, are kind of like seeing where they can fit into this equation because the, the more time that you have for things that matter, um, the further you can go with the things that matter. It's kind of like you talked about freedom and how much that means to you. Well, if a person's tied up doing their dishes or choosing what clothes that they're going to wear or worried about the home that they're in every time they wake up, like that that takes away a lot of freedom. A lot of people can be held back in, the, in that capacity. Um, yeah. What was the moment in which you were like, yeah, practically minimal i'm gonna do this like what was that day or that week or that month like when you just decided it's time well um when i started uh the blog i um had kind of in my mind okay i'm just gonna start this blog i don't know what i'm gonna do with it um you know i'm just gonna kind of get into it and see where it goes so i gave myself a year to do that so at the end of the year, um, I did not feel ready at all, but I uh, decided I was just going to start anyway. So I um, came up with a couple of group programs um, just because I thought, you know, this is it just it's kind of what felt right to me and made sense to me. So especially with um, the timing with like COVID and, and everything, I thought, you know, something where, you know, people are at, at home anyway, maybe it's a great time to look at our, our own spaces and make sure that, you know, our spaces, that your space is bringing you joy and you actually, you know, like to be at home. And it's not a cause of, you know, frustration or, or overwhelm and, uh, you know, hard to, to clean and maintain, like you were saying. Um, so I kind of took the timing of that, um, put together a program and just, uh, just went for it. So really, um, the catalyst, I guess, was just the fact that I'd kind of had the blog going for a year and I had in my own mind, I'd kind of set that as, you know, this is when I'm actually going to take action and and do something with, with this. And I'm I was still open to the different outcomes that it could have. Um, but I'm like, I'm just going to take an action here and, 
you know, see how it goes and learn from it. And then that's how I'm going to know how to take take the next action with it, which is what I'm still doing, you know, with with it as well right now. That's awesome. Um, what is an experience that stands out to you in terms of like what a person gets to learn as like your client now? Like when you're offering your services and somebody is is getting to really experience the value that you bring, what what is a moment that stands out to you with that process? Well, there's a few different things. Um, people would you know, kind of come to me for a few different reasons. One of the most common ones is overwhelm. So, you know, you, you know that you've got a lot of stuff in your house. You've, you know, you've got a lot of, of clutter and clutter is, I'll define it as, you know, something that you don't love, use or need. Okay. So if you actually like look around your home and think, okay, what's here that I don't love, use or need? Probably quite a few things for a lot of people. So you can get to the point where, you know, you've got so much stuff that it's affecting your life. Like, for example, like it's making you late for things because you can't find what you need. Um, you're not hitting maybe some of those health or fitness goals. Like you said, with meal prep, you know, if, you know, you don't have a clean, um, clear, inspiring kitchen where, you know, when you open the cabinet, there's, you know, Tupperware flying out all over the place and you can never find a lid that matches. And it's just going to create a really frustrating experience for you to kind of reach those types of, of goals. So, um, but it's overwhelming to face it, like first to see it and then to face it. So, you know, and it's not fun. I mean, like how is, you know, cleaning out your closet or, you know, cleaning up all the paper in your office or workspace, like how is that fun? So sometimes you need just a little extra motivation to kind of get past that first step. So, you know, um, what I can do is sort of break it down for you so or help you break it down so that it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Um, you know, you're like, okay, I have to clear, clear out my home office. Like there's paper everywhere, office supplies all over the place. Like what am I, what I'm working from home now? Like what am I doing with all this stuff? So instead of looking at, at it as like one huge project, like let's break this down. Maybe with the first day you're just going to clear the knickknacks like off of your desk and you're just going to deal with the stuff on your desk. You know, so that's like one project you've broken, you know, months or years of stagnation by just, you know, taking action at all, even if you just get rid of two things. So that's, you know, has really a big effect on your mindset as well, just to kind of do something and break that stagnation. And then also, you know, you've made progress. So even if you do 15 minutes of decluttering a day, you're still making progress. You don't have to do like, you know, an entire room and take, you know, three days off to do your whole house or or whatever. So, you know, kind of helping people kind of get through those types of barriers. And the other thing um, that people will, you know, kind of want some, some and the, the accountability piece that goes along with that too. But um, the other thing is that sometimes it's hard to let go of things like, um, you know, things that you've kind of feel like maybe emotionally attached to, but you still don't, you really don't love it. You don't use it. You don't need it. But for some reason, like you were saying um, before, like maybe it kind of represents something in your past. So that, or maybe, you know, you're really practical and you're, you know, you have this, this thing and it's still good, you know, like it's still good and still in good shape. Like what a waste. Why would I get rid of this? You know, so it, it kind of stops you from, from letting go of those things. So, you know, we work through 
a little bit of, of that and I can kind of help give, you know, some strategies to help people uh, let go of things as well. Yeah, well, I mean, like, as soon as you said that, I was like, my George Foreman grill. Like, it's practical. I like it. It does good stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. how often do I use it in the year? Like, that was yeah. that was something that I struggled to part with, but I did. I did part with it. And it made, made a pretty big difference because I had more space to store things like uh, my blender, which I use normally, and, like, um, shaker cups and stuff like that. So it's like... Mm-hmm all in the the application of it like once you realize the outcome of that move that you did um it makes Mm -hmm. doing that thing that's difficult a lot more worthwhile and have you missed your foreman girl since you've let it go no no it's like oh (laughs) george foreman and i we we went through a lot of things together there was those phases of our life where we uh made burgers all the time and it's like now i don't (laughs) eat burgers all the time so like he he yeah. can go on to uh, Value Village or Goodwill or, or wherever he is today and I'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and what a great example of now, like you've let go of the thing, but guess what? You still have that memory. Yes. You know, so by letting go of the physical item, like you're not, it doesn't mean that you have to let go of, of the memory or the relationship. It's so true. It, right? So that's a, yeah. So you can still think about all your uh, lean burgers that you, that you used to have with your foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two questions left for you. And the second last one is something that you may be familiar with. It's if you had one piece of advice to give some, to somebody on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? Um, I would say, well, first of all, I think the most important thing is to figure out what actually is authentic to you, because that's not easy. You know, that's, you know, it takes a little bit of self-reflection and kind of figuring out who you are. And, and like we talked about, what are your core values? Um, where do you want to go? What, who, who do you want to be? So, you know, really kind of thinking about, um, that and, and really getting confident with what is authentic for you. Um, would be the first thing and then at that point I think pretty much everything you do um, should align with that so saying no to anything that doesn't align to that and then you know saying yes to the things that bring you joy or the things that are going to help you reach your goals or the things that align with your values and just letting go of the rest of it so true so wise and then I have a challenge for you. And that challenge for you is actually to give a challenge to my audience. And so uh, the way you'll do it is you'll say your challenge for the day is and then give the audience a challenge and that'll be it. That's what they got to do. Oh, I love it. Um, oh, what should it be? Well, you know what? I think the challenge for the day should be to let go of something. So, you know, that could be an item in your home, big or small, Um, you know, maybe it's an obligation, something that you find yourself doing all the time, but it's not, you know, bringing you joy and it's not helping you, you know, kind of reach towards any of the goals that you're, you're going for and it's not aligning with you. Um, Or maybe it's even a relationship that just isn't serving you anymore. So it could be big or small, um, but yeah, just let go of one thing today. That's great advice, especially in this time and in this space when we can be overwhelmed with the things in front of us. I think uh, a lot of people get a lot of value out of that. Awesome. I hope so. Well, thank you for joining me today.
Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been so fun.